So I'm going to introduce myself. A lot of you know me already, but you might not have connected all the dots. I'm Jonathan Guy. That's my wife, Anna, that sang the last song. We have been at Gateway Church for six years. Six years already. And so we're just so blessed to be a part of this family. What you may not know, what some of you may not know, is Pastor Gabriel is my brother-in-law, which makes Perry my sister. And you might have met my other sister, Wendy, and her husband, Jesse. Um, Wendy and Leah, who sang so well today, um, they run our nursery ministry here at the church, and they do a great job with that. So, yes, they do. Amen. They need it with my son back there. God bless their little hearts. So Pastor Gabriel is on like a man vacation. Let's call it a mancation. And, um, and I just want you all to know from the bottom of my heart that I tried really, really hard to get out of this today. There was rumors in June that I was going to have to preach, but I was just like... <laughs> No, that's not going to happen. Like, there's too many people around here, and they just all started dropping like weeds, like to the left and the right, and so we're getting closer. And even as soon as last week, I was giving him names of people to call. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I can name them for you, but I don't want to call them out. And they all were busy. Like, every last one of them had something to do. And I was just like, get me out of here. Like, I just, I'm, I am not, I am not, I don't secretly want to do this. Like, that's not, it's not my heart. I'm just letting you know. But whenever there's a guest speaker, you usually hear them say something good about the pastor and the pastor's wife. So here's my shot at it. Um, I love Gabriel, and I obviously love my sister. Um, and we're very blessed to be under their leadership. Um, I, I, but it might be for different reasons than, than you might think. Um, there, oh, there's a gnat attacking me. So, wasn't there a politician that had one like land on his head? Anyways, um, they they're fantastic leadership to be under, and a lot of you just see the stuff that they do in this church and in these walls. But um, I follow them for a different reason, because I know how they are off this stage. Um, I know how he loves my sister. I know how he's a great father and a friend. And I know that he lives a godly life when he's not up here. And that's very easy for me to follow. And I lived with Perry for half my life. And for him to stick with her for as long as he has is a true testament to his relationship with the Lord. Can I get an amen? Is, is Wendy in the room? Get an amen. She knows. All right, I want to talk about the different aspects of needing a Savior. We, um, we ask Jesus into our heart. You know, if you're saved, we ask Jesus into our heart. But that's just the beginning of our story. So my first point this morning is He is our Savior and our guide. In Romans 10.9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now I remember when I was a kid, um, I said the salvation, the sinner's prayer, a whole lot. 
And I don't know if it was because I was exposed to the book of Revelation too early or too much talk of the rapture around my house. And then I'm, I'm getting older. Does anybody remember the movies Left Behind? And then there was like several, and I don't know how that makes sense. I think there should just be the one. But um, it, as a kid, it really kind of gets to you, and you just want to make sure, you know, I'm, I want to be in right standing. So it wasn't uncommon when I was younger to be like going to bed and be like, and Lord, you know, forgive me of my sins and anything that I might have done. I believe in you. Come into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, kind of end the night that way. Now, as I got older, I realized that that's not necessary and that I don't have to get resaved every night. But I have learned at some occasions, even in my life today, I'll still say that sinner's prayer every once in a while just in case. Let me give you a couple of examples. If you've ever been to an amusement park, I don't like heights. And so there's this part of most roller coasters where there's this initial ascent. And I hate that part. I, I hate that part so bad. I can get through all the turns and the upside down and all that stuff. The ascent is so slow. It's like, kai, 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 and you're going up the thing, and you're like, I, I'm about to die. Like, this is, this is it for me, and I paid to come here. Like, I would rather die for something I didn't pay for and so I'm going up, you know, when you're ascending up this thing, and I'm just like sitting there, and I'm just like, God, you know, just, just in case, just in case you didn't hear me before, I just want you to come in my heart and forgive me of my sins, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, forgive me of the bad words that I'm thinking of right now, going up this thing. I really need you. Another example is um, when I'm riding with my wife on the interstate. It's not uncommon for me to pray that sinner's prayer because God bless her. And we argue about driving habits all the time. We're like 80 already. I just want you to know. Our, our arguments progressed like we matured very quick. Like we fussed at each other really good in the car. But she's just not awesome on the interstate. Love you, babe. Love you, babe. Another thing that I might need to say that prayer again is when I'm with my kids all day alone. Um, the verse should say man should not be alone with his kids all day. Um, we, we need that partnership, don't we, fellas? Come on. Get some points. Get, your, get some points, fellas. We need that partnership. Um, I can do it, but just not a lot, not alone, not all day. And the last thing, everyone will be able to relate to this. Sometimes we need to say that prayer because there are some annoying people on the face of this earth and we know that we need the love of Christ in our heart. Come on, everybody. Come on. If I don't say anything else today, I can preach a little bit. I've heard y'all's stories. I've heard about co-workers. I've heard about Bev loves me, so she's got to say it about me a lot probably too. But I'm being silly you know, obviously we don't have to get resaved. We know that if we sin, we can ask for forgiveness. And He's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. Amen? So when Jesus died on the cross, He accomplished what God the Father sent Him to do on this earth. But before He died, He was already dropping hints 
to his disciples that the end plan wasn't for him to stay. It wasn't a part of the plan for Jesus to stay on this earth forever. It was his plan to come and do what he was assigned to do and to leave so the Holy Spirit could come. So if we can read John 16, 7, it says, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Advocate won't come. The Advocate, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. If I do go away, then I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. The, The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And we'll skip to verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, talking about the Holy Spirit again, He will guide you into all truth. What is this telling us? Jesus knew, and let me make it clear, it was enough. It was enough for all of us what Jesus did. It was enough. But He's so gracious. He knew that we needed an advocate to walk through this thing that we call life. Because if you've been saved, if you've been alive hardly at all, you know that we all go through these trials. And we are not designed to go through these trials alone. Amen? Needing a Savior is not just a one-time thing. It's not just a one-time prayer. God sent us the guide to walk us through that, and that's the Holy Spirit. This is the thing, though. I feel like many of us go through life without a guide. In Matthew 15, 8, it says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's kind of a tough verse. Makes you kind of want to evaluate your own heart. In society today, we see so many people confessing stuff with their lips, but their heart is nowhere near the path that God has called them to be on. I see it all the time. I see people say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but so many people, so many Christians today, they profess that they're a Christian but they do whatever they want, whenever they want, whatever feels good, whatever direction they feel like they should go. And then they get to this place and they wonder where God is. But once again, God sent us this guide to direct us through life. And if we're not using this guide, then we're missing a big point. People will say, well, you hear this all the time. You hear this all the time. People say, I'm just following my heart. It says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things. We need to follow the Holy Spirit, not our heart. Because I know my heart has lied to me a bunch of times. And I know that following my heart has gotten me in trouble a bunch of times. The heart is deceitful. Our God will never deceive us. We might not understand the steps. We might not understand the circumstances. But he's faithful and he's just. And he'll always keep us on the right path. We all want the perks of the Holy Spirit. 
but we want them without obedience and conviction. I'm going to read that again. We all want the perks of the Holy Spirit, but we don't want the obedience, and we don't want to submit to the conviction. We want the peace, we want the blessings, we want the favor, we want the love, security, safety, but we're not willing to follow the path that He sets for us many times. If we ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit, how can we be so ignorant and get so upset when the favor of God isn't present in our lives? I sure will be glad when Pastor Gabriel gets back. <laughs> we really like this guy. I mean, you know, he's got, he's got a voice like an angel, and he's just fantastic, you know. His guitar playing, oh, don't even get me started on that guitar playing. It's like B.B. King and Aaron Clapton and John Mayer all wrapped into one. But this speaking stuff, I'm not so sure about all that. We need, we need to get Pastor Gabriel back here real quick. We need to take an approach that Moses took. In Exodus um, 33:15, he's leading the people out of Egypt. He's taking them in the promised land. And listen to what he says. He says, if your presence does not go with us, don't even bring us up from here. For how then will we be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except if you go with us? So, so shall we be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of this earth. Moses is saying, he had a very clear understanding. He was saying, I don't, I, I'm not going. Like, I'm just not doing this. And he was stressed out, and rightfully so. But a lot of times when we get stressed and get in these different areas of our life, we just start doing stuff to cope. And we start making decisions to hopefully make our life easier. But Moses laid it down right from the beginning. He was like, uh-uh. Like, we're not, we're not doing this. Like, if God isn't with us, I'm not going. And that's how we need to live our life. And I had a whole section that I was going to talk about society and, and all that stuff. But there's a part in that verse that says, Except if you go with us, so shall we be separate, your people and I, from all the people that are upon this earth. Friends, I just want to say for a second, this is probably my flesh, so disregard it if it doesn't connect with you. But the more we blend in with society, the more that we're not on the path of Jesus Christ. Period. 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 It is, it is the first, if we are blending in with those that claim to be Christians but aren't serving God or those that don't claim to be Christians and we're doing the same stuff that we're doing it, they're doing, we are doing it wrong. God has called us to be peculiar. It says it in His Word. He called us to be set apart. He calls us to higher and greater things. It doesn't mean we turn our nose up at people. It doesn't mean that we don't love people. It doesn't mean that we don't respect people. It doesn't mean any of that. But we aren't designed as Christians to follow what this world is force-feeding us and our kids and everything else. Are y'all with me this morning? All right, I'm off of it. It was done. It was quick. Only rant you're going to get. 
If you're not going to go with us, God, we don't want to go. Point number two, he is a savior for the hurting. Yeah. Becoming a Christian and living a life of freedom are two different things. I'll explain. Becoming a Christian is a gift we accept. Living a life of freedom is a choice that we make. Salvation is a gift we accept, but living in freedom is a choice that we make. We sing a song, and it, um, it's called, I Thank God. And the bridge says, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of it. And everybody gets excited, and, and we're all excited about what that's saying. And the reason is, is I believe that we're prophesying and we're declaring that what was dead is now alive. And the mess that we're in, Christ made a way of an escape. Y'all see what I'm saying? Y'all follow me so far? Now, I love what that's saying because God makes a way. And so even though we are dead to our sin, God has given us new life. This is the thing. And I know this, some of this stuff isn't fun to hear, but I hope it challenges you because it challenges me. The heartbreaking part about what I'm saying is a lot of Christians... Not people. A lot of Christians decide to stay in graves. And they never get back out. And they're saved. But they're laying down in that grave. What are those graves? They choose to stay in the grave of hurt, the pain, unforgiveness. Because it's gotten so familiar. It's what's comfortable. It's easier to keep the identity of the hurt and the pain than to actually confront what is eating away at us and pursue healing. This could be a whole series. But it's easier for us to stay where we are because the enemy is lying to you and he's trying to keep you stuck right where you are. And let me tell you something, church folks. Bitterness and unforgiveness will keep you right where you are. It will keep you right where you are. It'll keep you from God's calling in your life. And it will keep you bitter. And you will stay bitter because you know that there's something missing in your life. It's easier to keep the identity of hurt and pain. And some of you today might be saying... Well, Jonathan, you have no idea what I've been through. And you're exactly right. But there's a God that knows exactly what you've been through. Hear me this morning. Some of you have been through some stuff. But there's a God here today in this room that knows exactly what you've been through. Some, some, Some of you might say, Well, if I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook. When we forgive, we're completely relying on God to sustain us and to heal us. That sounds like a good place to be. Doesn't mean it's not hard, but that's the place we need to be. Let the Holy Spirit take us down the path of healing. Only dead things belong in graves.
we're not dead. We're alive in Christ Jesus. Amen. When we stay in graves, we're wasting a Savior. It hurts. I've done it. But when we stay in a, when we stay in those graves, we're wasting our Savior. God did too much for you and I. He paid too high of a price. He paid too high of a price for us to stay in our mess. He paid too high of a price to redeem us from the things that He knew would hold us back. God is offering, God's Word says that God is offering life and life more abundantly. And that has nothing to do with sitting in a grave. Freedom is on the other side of going through the process of healing. We have to be willing to go through that process to get the freedom in our life. It's not going to magically happen. No one's going to wave a special preacher wand over your head and everything gets better. It's a grind. And it's hard. But it's worth it. One of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 1.6. Being confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. See, when we accept Jesus into our heart, that's him beginning the work. But we have to put the action in it as well so he will complete that work. We have a part to play. God is never going to force himself on us. He wants to see us take the steps of faith. He wants to see us take the steps of faith to pursue him so we can find the healing. Amen? Y'all still love me? You won't hear from me in like a long time after this, so. He's such a such a fantastic speaker. And, I mean, but he needs to stick to those singing and John Mayer licks and all the amazing stuff that he can do. He just needs to stay over there. Third point is pursue your savior. I'm going to let off the gas for a minute, okay? Let's relax. So when I graduated from high school, um, Pastor Gabriel and Sister Perry were, uh, <laughs> um, Pastor Perry were in, were in Mobile, youth pastors at a, at a church. And G2 was just born. That's hard to believe. He was just born. And, uh, and so Gabriel... I've always loved working with Gabriel, for real. Um, and he was my youth pastor way back in the day. But he was asking me, he's like, hey, John, you want to come intern with us for the summer? And I was like, eh, you know, I kind of like being at home. And so, but I prayed about it and talked to my parents about it, and they all thought it would be a good thing. So it wasn't summertime yet. And, like, this whole stuff, like doing stuff on stage, it, it – don't, don't, don't come talk to me on Sunday afternoon. Like, I'm taking a nap. Like, it's very, it's very draining to me. I won't see my kids for two days after this. Like, I'm, like I'm, I've been so stressed out for months. Um, but he, they, they asked me to come intern, and I was just like, okay, you know, I'll come. But it wasn't quite summer yet. And so being introverted, 
Gabriel didn't want to have to be like, you know, hold my hand the whole summer. And so he was telling me about some people that were at the church that I would might enjoy hanging out with. And so I was just like, all right, you know, so he's dropping these names and and youth before TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and, you know, all of that, they used to send smoke signals. And that's how, no, just kidding. There used to be this thing called MySpace, okay? Yeah. Yeah, there used to be this thing called MySpace. And so he was telling me these people, so I started investigating these people on MySpace to just see if I was even going to fool with this, you know? And so I ran across this picture. Jeremy, can you help me out? Sorry, it's so old, it was a very, like, compressed image. But I, I ran across this picture, and this is one of the people he was telling me about, and I was like, I, I need to meet her. <laughs> like, I need to be friends with her, she needs to be friends with me, we need to get to know each other. Like, there's a lot of important things that, I mean, I need, I need to get to Mobile, like, right now. Like, we need to, we need to get to Mobile right now. And I finally got down there, and you, you can take it off. It's going to distract me. I was like, I wish I could be that pair. <laughs> um, okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now I am that pair. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm done. But when I got, when I got to Mobile, I'm, hey, I'm ready. If y'all are ready, you can wrap this up. When I got to Mobile, I was constantly, I, I, I wasn't coming on too strong but I constantly knew where she was and I was constantly observing what she did and I started the pursuit of trying to meet her and you know she played hard to get I was playing hard to get blah 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 you know the whole the whole dance that we danced but let me tell you something there is a God in heaven and she could not keep resisting this forever and she submitted to the will of the Lord in her life. But I pursued her. Um, some of y'all remember when our cell phones had like minutes. And I had just gotten a cell phone and she didn't even have one. So I had to get her sister's number. And you know, you can't talk to like after some obscure like 845 at night. And like all these things. But I started talking to her every day. And I pursued her because I knew that it was something that I wanted in my life. We need to do the same thing with our Savior. Once again, it's not a one-time prayer to ask Him to forgive our sins. What we're doing is we're inviting Him to take control of our life. It's the pursuit of a Savior. It's a relationship. It's not an acquaintance. Okay?
we all need a Savior. Band, you can come up. Thank God, this is almost over. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. We are all in desperate need of a Savior. We're all in desperate need. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let me read this to you. I've been in church my whole life. My whole life. Literally my whole life. I've been to more revivals, camp meetings, Sunday school, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, worship nights, vacation Bible school, kids church, kids crusades, youth groups, youth camps, sunrise services, terrible idea, midnight services, better idea, prayer meetings, prayer circles, prayer tunnels, life groups, small groups, here group, there group, everywhere group, group. And I need Jesus just as bad as somebody that met him five minutes ago. I need him just as bad. I need that guide in my life just as bad as someone that doesn't know him or just met him. We all need a savior, a friend, and a guide. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A lot of you um, know, and I said that I had sisters, but a lot of you might not know that we also have a brother. Even growing up, since he was seven years older than me, you know, we didn't have the same friends. And so a lot of times, you know, my friends would be like, you, you got a brother? And I was like, yeah, you know, I got a brother named Murray. But this verse, it really sticks with me because it says a friend that sticks closer to their brother. And I have an awesome brother. Um, he is one of the most kind, tenderhearted, full of integrity unselfish human I have ever met. And even though we don't live in the same town anymore, when we're together on holidays or whatever occasions, or even when we talk on the phone, we'll be talking and it's like he's not even listening or paying attention to the conversation. And he'll interrupt and he'll say, John, I love you. And I'll be like, yeah, I love you too, Murray. And then we'll start the conversation back over again. And we'll be talking. We'll be having a good time. And he'll stop. Almost every time, he'll stop and he'll say, John, I want you to know that I love you. Why is he doing that? He's making a point. He's making sure that I know that he's not saying it out of a habit, that he's not saying it out of ritual. He's making a point for me to understand his love for me. And how much more is our Savior trying to make, it, trying to make a point to us, maybe even today, how much he loves us.
You can stand to your feet this morning. I think he wants to make a point today. He wants us to understand that we're not designed to do this life alone. And that even the highest price that he paid, he even gave us more to be able to walk through this life. You can bow your heads this morning. It is a relationship with our Savior that we need. He connects all the dots. He rights wrongs. He is a God of justice. And He's also a God of mercy and grace. His love can't fail. His love never ends. He mends the broken hearts. He sets captives free. He always provides a way of escape. He is faithful when we aren't. He is the only one He is the only way. He is the Savior. And so this morning, as I I was preparing, you keep your heads bowed, but as I was preparing for this message, I, I don't really, I wasn't super confident on where to go at the end, but I do want to give an opportunity that if you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, before, I want to give you an opportunity. So with everybody's head bowed, if you're in desperate need of a Savior this morning and you've never accepted Jesus in your heart, why don't you wave at me? Amen. The second thing is, if you are a Christian this morning, but you haven't been letting the Holy Spirit guide your life, It's not too late to start. And He'll meet you right where you are. And so is anybody in that boat this morning? Wave at me if you want prayer. Amen. Amen. And the last thing, and I know this is a hard one, but it really resonated with me as I was preparing. If you're in a grave this morning, I really believe that God wants to give you something tangible and really put you on the road in the process of healing so you can get freedom. Does anybody need to get out of a grave this morning? Wave at me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the boldness of some of these people here today that are taking a step of faith and saying that they need you. And so I pray for those that love you and that accepted you into their heart, but they haven't been following the path that you have set for us and set for them. And so I ask for even now, as they're walking through this life, that they would submit to the Holy Spirit and that you would give them confirmations and that you would give them relationships and you would give them the discipline to follow the path for their life. We understand that it's a straight and narrow path 
It's not a wide and easy path, but we know if we stay on your path that you will direct every step and that you will send us in the best way that we can possibly go. And I'll just speak in Jesus' name over those that have been in the grave a long time that there is freedom here today, that there is hope here today, that there is love here for day, today. I, I felt in my heart as I was preparing that some, some people might be here today that haven't felt love in a long time. And I'm telling you, friends, it is here today. It is here today. So I'll just ask you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, just, just fall on our hearts, fall on our spirit today, and let us feel that love that you so freely give. Lord, teach us to accept it. Teach us to accept that love. And I just speak in Jesus' name that any hurt, pain, or forgiveness will not, it will not stick to you anymore. In Jesus' name, that Jesus paid the highest price. He paid the highest price. He felt the weight of every sin that would ever be committed on that cross. And He knew that that's all it took was one drop, but He spilled it all for us to not to be able to have to stay in our mess, to stay in our hurt, to stay in our pain, but that You would walk us out of those situations, that You will walk us out of that hurt and that bondage. And I thank You for it in Jesus' name. I thank You for, thank you for it in Jesus' name for the freedom that You give and that You give it so freely. Amen.